I'm Lena van Tolberg for Business and with me is Kobus Fainter. He's an economist at the Bureau for Economic Research at Stellenbosch University. And recently he's been elaborating on pay-as-you-go services and more particularly fiber connection for townships as a pay-as-you-go service. Hi Kobus, welcome to Business. Thank you very much. Well, very interested to for you to elaborate on this concept of pay-as-you-go. Yes, I... Just a, a bit, a bit of a disclaimer. There, I'm also a consulting economist to Vulacoin and Fibertime, the companies that are are rolling out this this specific um, solution that I that I wrote about. And essentially, it's a way that we were able to use modern fintech um, solutions to bypass an old problem. And and in this case, the the problem was financing of large infrastructure projects. To roll out fiber in the townships, because yeah, it, it, the the idea of having pre-sales and monthly debit debit orders, etc., just doesn't exist. And uh, they created a, a new solution that works on a kind of a, a rollout to everybody, every single user. Uh, and then it is dependent on a pay on a on a pure pay-as-you-go model. So the operating system is is validated. Um, using the same technology as the payment um, and it also uh, activates the device so the the entire process is seamless and automatic and um, by doing so you're creating a consumer base of everybody in the in the township um, and we had to prove to the financial sector and the banks that by doing this without any pre-sales agreements um, we will generate enough income to make the the solution viable uh, it started a couple of years ago. It's something that's been uh, mulling around for a long time, but the technology finally caught up, and we're now able to do that. And and we're not the only ones doing it. Um, our solution is is probably the biggest one at the moment. But we the whole idea is that others will follow us and and hopefully just copy what we're doing so that we can connect more people. So where is this being rolled out? So. Our own proof of concept, or FiberTime's proof of concept, started in Kalamundi, just outside of Stellenbosch, um, for the pure convenience of being just next door to our offices, or to their offices. And um, it's being rolled out into four other townships already. The the way leaves and the permissions are in place. But Vulaco and the operating system and the payment gateway um, that allows for, 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 for pure pay as you go, Fiber is already operative on oh, several dozen other ISPs. Most of them in in proof of concept phase and and limited, but it's it's essentially the biggest user bases in the Western Cape. But it's it's being tested all over the country. Um, we've had inquiries from Zambia, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire um, as well, but we're, we're focusing on South Africa for the moment, um, simply because of of capacity constraints. Um, but hopefully in the next year it will be it will be rolled out on on several larger networks as well uh which will literally enable people to leapfrog straight into into the modern digital era so how does it work because if you have other cables you can steal if it's copper cables fiber cables does it have the same problem can people no. run away they bury these thin little cables can people yeah. steal them fortunately not but i i think the 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 real challenge that one has to overcome always, apart from your own way of thinking about it, because when you come from a formal, you know, from a formal economy mindset, it's a very different world. Um, and we we went in, we learned a tremendous amount 
uh, in the community to ensure that there's community buy-in. And it's not that anybody can get it. It's literally everybody gets it. So mm. it, 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 cha- it changes the mindset completely from a, a I have and you don't or us and them um, to everybody has it. So the fiber connect, the, the fiber lines themselves have no value. It's, there's nothing in there. Um, but obviously the routers that go into each dwelling, and, and when I say dwelling, it's a brick and mortar house or a shack, as long as it's got a legal electricity connection, um, each dwelling gets a, gets a router and it has a little embedded UPS device in it as well. So essentially it does have value. Um, our experience in terms of theft and, and crime has, has been, well, there hasn't been any, uh, simply because everybody has them. So there's no real value in, 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 in stealing yours to give you know, take for myself. Uh, and secondly, when you have the, the needed community buy-in, you're absolutely welcomed into, into the communities and, and they look after it. Uh, this is something with, with massive benefits to the, to the end unit users. Um, so the, the, the protection factor comes from the community itself. We don't have to do much to, to protect. Obviously, the, the breakout point has some serious machinery in it, and, and, and that's secured in a normal way. But for the rest of the network, we've actually had almost no issues whatsoever. Sounds, it's, that sounds just, uh, it's working really well. Um, so what are the key factors to replicate the Kayamundi project and the one that's been successful you know, around the, the, the country? There's very little actually stopping it from being rolled out in other places. Now, as I said, the biggest the, the biggest challenge was getting banks. It's rolling out fiber anywhere, whether you trench it or whether you you use aerial fiber. So, in, in township uh, environments, you have to use aerial fiber because there's yeah. simply no space to trench, and the, the the densities are so high that you you literally wouldn't be able to make the connection. So, we we follow similar paths to where the um, overhead electricity. Power comes from. We have to, you know, they have to plant their own poles, and they drop physical fiber lines into each house. Um, so it, it gets quite, it gets quite dense, and that's very expensive. So initially, the the challenge was a being allowed in by the community, and then b getting the banks to, to fund that, uh, because typically in your in your leafy suburbs, you would have a pre-sales agreement, and you'd have to reach a threshold of thirty or forty or fifty percent before the banks would extend the necessary credit for you to go and appoint the local construction crews to go and trench and connect. Um, whereas we we spend all that capital up front with absolutely no guarantee of usage. Uh, we had a metric uh, that made the, the operating model sustainable at around 60% uh, utilization of the network on any given day um, at, a, at a price point of around five rands a day. Now, we've never hit less than 84% uh, utilization on any given day at a price point significantly higher than the five rands, um, simply because more people are connecting than we had anticipated. So it's, it's now verifiable. The, the financial institutions can come and have a look. We're very open with, the whole, you know, with what we've done. We, we're only one company. We can only connect so many houses in a year. And we're hoping that some of the larger fiber operators will eventually just copy exactly what we're doing. So what is the cost benefit to um, consumers? It's, it's, it's very hard to explain it because it's completely nonlinear. So when we did a, a, a pre-survey um, in our target community to see whether there was enough money available, uh, it turns out that most of our consumers spend around 200 rands a month on, on mobile and connectivity data costs. Now, 200 rands buys you a couple of, of, of gigs of data, you know, three, four, five gigs for the month. Um, whereas ours costs 
uh, as little as as 100 rands a month um for 100 megabytes up and down and so it's a minimum speed of 100 meg so it's really high quality internet it's uncapped and most of our consumers well the average consumption is now around one and a half terabytes of data per user so you compare that half of the cost um so 100 rand versus 200 rand um and you consume instead of five gigabytes you're consuming 1500 gigabytes you you can't really compare the the uh, the the value proposition to the to the consumer so that's real wealth generational wealth creation because the consumer surplus in in economic speak um has been enlarged dramatically mm. the the real test will be how that is utilized so a lot of that will probably be used for for pure entertainment purposes you know watching showmax or netflix or or whatever um the odd bit of useless social media but at the same time people will access education they will access better mm. early childhood development aids things that with all due respect people like us completely take for granted now becomes available and you can watch a video um, whereas previously you might have had be, you might have been connected to a network somewhere but you weren't able to actually actually benefit because you were too scared of streaming anything it would it, it used up your data too quickly mm. so it's changed behavior completely at um at the bureau and i'm not involved in that project i excuse myself because i'm so so closely involved on the other side we are studying that phenomenon we we started with a, with a pre-survey we've done a midpoint survey and the, the bureau will do a, an endpoint survey at the end of this and i think we're in an incredibly unique position where we're going to be able to map exactly the pathways that real broadband penetration alters lives. Um, we decided to f- to focus on friction costs, so job search cost, job search duration, et cetera, et cetera, because those are those can be measured within a year or a year and a half period. But the longer term dynamic benefits in terms of better social outcomes, um, there's a classic example. One of our one of our first um, users that we connected at the end of last year uh, worked for a call center in Cape Town in Pinelands. And she used to have to travel through to Pinelands using taxis two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, and it cost her 900 rands a month. Her employer is now comfortable enough with the quality of her connection that she's allowed to work from home. They, they ping the system all the time, and it's completely, you know, it's, it's very credible. So in addition to saving, so let's say she uses 100 of the 900 rands for her, for her um, connectivity costs, she's saving 800 rands. That's a net benefit. At the same time, she's spending four hours a day extra with her children, and she's at home during the rest of that time. Um, and from a from a social development point of view, you can't really quantify that because you'll only see that twenty years, thirty years down the line when her children grow up. You know how they're going to be? Are they going to be better educated? Are they going to be less prone towards the, the typical social problems that we have in South Africa, etc., etc., etc. Um, but the real the real value here is that we have a, a massive problem in South Africa in terms of, of exclusion of the vast majority of our people that live in the informal economy. Um, spatial apartheid created a situation where the formal and the informal economy struggled to really overlap um, because of spatial planning in the past. That's a real South African reality. The digital economy doesn't require the physical space and is growing at an exponential rate. So now you're able to allow people to leapfrog all the traditional South African constraints, all the traditional problems that kept them 
kind of kept them back. Um, and they have exactly the same benefits as my children and your children have. Um, and we don't know how that's going to play out. I'm, I'm pretty confident it's going to be a hell of a lot better than what we've got at the moment. So I'm, I'm very excited about this. It, 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 uh, it can create a very positive feedback cycle in South Africa as long as the funding part comes into place. Um, and we think we're we, we've kind of solved for that, and and we're you know kind of we open the books to anybody who's willing to look. Um, but the bank the, the banks are buying into it, and I, I, we the the fiber time crowd recently had a, a European DFI um, fin fund make a direct uh, investment into their group because they saw the the, the potential benefits of this. Um, so yes, it's it's a it's a game changer. It's starting now, but it's it's. It's growing really exponentially. Well, you mentioned buying from the banks, communities, and you mentioned this one case study. So how are businesses feeling about it? How does it make life much easier for them? Well, essentially, any service industry is slowly but surely. So uh, uh, the, the traditional mobile operators in South Africa, when they started in the 90s, they, they had a prepaid business model and they went after the corporate clients. So a corporate signed up, they gave their staff cell phones, and they got paid every month on a debit order. It's a lovely mote when you can have it because it, it, it protects the, the company. The reality is as the market matured, more and more people on the networks decided to go more pay-as-you-go. And in, in most cases, I don't know what the, what the current numbers are, but it's the vast majority of consumers now use pay-as-you-go cell phone services. This is exactly the same, the, the, the same principle, but that's that holds true for pay TV. It holds true for insurance. So uh, we have a situation of local football clubs. Um, you don't take out insur life insurance for your players on a constant basis because it's too expensive. But when you are traveling by taxi to East London for a league game for a weekend, the risk becomes a lot greater. Maybe then you take out a, a, a policy just for the weekend. Um, so these are these are ways that that is changing, you know, kind of the fundamentals of of how we operate. Capitec was the first one to start doing that in in the banking sector in South Africa. Instead of monthly bank fees, you have a, a usage fee. It's kind of the same principle. So you've mentioned a couple of sectors. So it's fiber. You've mentioned um, Capitec, banks. What other sectors have we not have you not mentioned that might be able or services that might be able to have this pay as you go service? Well, the pay as you go service. I, th I think what, what what the model allows is is to create the base. So you're creating an environment of people that can actually partake in the digital economy. So after that, it's an enabling factor. Um, and then whatever gets built on the digital economy can can also be utilized. And I think in the same principle, because again, Vulacoin is able to instantly validate and settle any transactions that, that, that happen in this case, as, you, as, as there are some, some other digital wallets that can do the same, same kind of thing. So essentially, it's everything that is digitally available, but from a, from a government point of view, for example. This includes identity of documents. It includes making appointments for your grade one to go to school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, crea it, it, it creates a, a massively improved 
efficiency um, gain for the economy because in many cases, you know, you can still go to the primary school and hand in your form, but now you have to have it printed at PostNet, as an example, or, or you, whoever at, at your work you have it printed. You have to fill it in. You take it there. Somebody has to scan it, send it off. Now you can do this all online, get submitted centrally, and it happens in real time. So it, it's not just the pay-as-you-go um, fiber business model. It's what it enables, and, and that's the dynamic effect. So it's like a positive feedback loop that, that gets created by having it in the first place. But it, it's really, it's like having a foundation to a building. What, what gets built afterwards comes up for discussion, but you need to have the foundations and they need to be firm enough. And to date, 60% of our population wasn't going to get that anytime soon. So you think this could kickstart the informal economy, just Absolutely. giving I'm, everybody fiber? I'm absolutely convinced of it. Firstly, there's the investment an- aspect of it. You're now able to invest into areas that were previously uninvestable. So there, there used to be a lot of negativity and a negative press around redlining of of informal economy areas and things like that. And I was I was found that to be quite um, unjust towards the banking sector. It almost felt as if they they did it on purpose, whereas in reality they didn't know how to how, how to measure their risk, and they didn't know what to price their capital on. Um, and what this is showing them is that there is a way to measure it completely and um, there is a way to extract the needed revenue to pay for the investment. You know, it's, 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 it's not a charitable event. And that was one of the other reasons that um, everything we're, we're doing and that I've been fortunate enough to, to be a part of um, is done with an explicit aim of making it financially sustainable and self-sufficient. So the the original kind of idea from 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 the chairman of Fibertime, Alan Craig Jr., um, started in Tswane with a, a project to Siswe, which was free free Wi-Fi for Africa. It started in the Tswane Metropole, um, but it was outside Wi-Fi and it was paid for by by the municipality. Now that became a political um, hot potato at some stage. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure if it's still working, but but the intention of the whole thing, project to Siswe, is absolutely still working. Um, and uses Vulacoin now to make their own hotspots financially sustainable. So the nice thing about this is you're no longer reliant on the government to solve this problem. And, you know, typically um, when the free market applies its mind and has the ability to to validate and price for an investment, the investment can follow because, you know, it's it's an informed decision then. But it was unreasonable to think the banks must invest money if they didn't know how they would how, would, how they would realize a return. So, how does this model align with the government's digital inclusion initiatives? Um, we were fortunate, for example, that the the breakout points of Fiber Times um, backhaul providers, Liquid Telecom, and Liquid had a, a, a fiber backhaul line which was part of the government's rollout. I'm not sure if it's the national or the provincial governments, um, but there was there was an access point into into the backhaul of internet, which obviously is what you need, which we could tap into quite easily. And and I think it can work symbiotically. I, I think the more government does, the easier it's going to be for the private sector. But I also think that kind of it would be eye in the sky to think that government can solve for this. The government has massive massive needs um, and very limited fiscal space and frankly limited technical capability and capacity in something like this. It's a very, very 
um, technologically complex environment. Um, and you need to do that as, as efficiently as possible, which means that the profit motive, when, you, when your model says you can spend X on it and you spend X plus one, you go out of business. Government doesn't work like that, but the private, the private industry does. And um, what we're hoping for is that the more people do this, the more companies that do this, the unit price will come down. And you know, the same amount of capital can now, can now be extended towards more people. So what, you get a positive feedback. So what, is it, what are the obstacles to roll this out to everybody in South Africa? People to put up the fiber poles and string them and splice them. That's, that's been a bit of a challenge. No, I mean, that's tongue in cheek. I, I, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge will be um, financing still, uh, getting companies that are entrenched in the fiber business already that have the skills to actually rejig the networks more towards a pay-as-you-go system than a prepaid or postpaid system. Um, it does imply some short-term risk uh, because you, you're essentially potentially on their networks, they can charge more for a short-term pay-as-you-go solution, but you used to have the you used to have the security of a monthly debit order. Um, so there is that, that that transitioning risk. Uh, the reality is it's coming anyway. Um, so you know the sooner they the sooner they pivot towards that, the better. That's that's probably the the, the single biggest structural risk. And of course the the other real one is that you need municipal permission. Um, to plant poles and to string fiber, you, you need that process. Um, so far, we've been very fortunate to have very understanding local authorities that we've dealt with. Um, we're heading into four new into four new areas as we speak, um, not just Western Cape based. Uh, then we're doing a, a large township outside of Kiberka, uh in January, and. It's the same reception, so so you do have those issues. Um, uh, the bank so far, we had a, a long process until we got our TPPP, the third-party payment provider, status through a local bank uh, or issuing bank. Very happy to. I'm not, I'm not sure if I should name names, but you know they know who they are. We're very grateful for them. Um, and it was it was difficult to start, but now that it's working, it's very easy to show everybody how it works. And then, of course, the main thing is community buy-in. Um, the community must want you there because otherwise they'll never allow the construction. Remember, in, 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 in a township environment where you've got this incredible density, if, that, if, if the people don't want you there, they're not going to let you in, which means your whole project stops before it even starts. Um, as I said, so far, our, our kind of experience with that has been kind of life-affirming, if I can put it like that. Kubis Venter, thank you for speaking to Business News. Thank you very much.